Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. He said, I made it my ambition to think of God the oftenest I could. And he didn't find any real difference between, you know, his experience of God's presence washing dishes and his experience of God's presence at church. In fact, sometimes I'd say I feel God more when I'm washing dishes than when I'm at church. And so like that's that moment by moment awareness of his presence and cooperation with his spirit that mm -hmm. I really want to cultivate in my life and I want to help other people cultivate too. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to ChristinaPereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. He is the founder of International Ministries, and he is the author of Spirit-Led Discipleship, Intimacy, and Identity in the Training of the Twelves. I have with me here today, Nathan Harkness. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be with you, Christina. Oh, it's good to have you with me. I have loved reading through your book. Thank you so much for sending that to me. And I have to say it was right on time. The Lord has just been speaking to me so much about speaking to the 12. I have shared so much with our listeners about you. Can you share something with them, something to help get to know you? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing to know about me is that I am a deeply loved person. That Jesus loves me. That's something that, you know, we know. But <laughs> when <laughs> the first time he said, I love you in a way that I heard it from him directly, I said, I know God. And he said, no, you don't, but you will. And the Lord's been melting my heart for the last 15, 20 years, but really all my life. And so I'm deeply loved. I have three kids. 
I am loved by them most days. And my <laughs> wife, Deborah, loved by her most days. And we live in Atlanta. And I guess one fun thing about me, other than that I get to travel the world and work with leaders and disciple leaders, is I roast coffee. Mm. So I am a lover and connoisseur of good Ethiopian coffee. And we have a little roasting company here called Love Nomads Coffee Roasting. And we send out coffee to people and try to make their day brighter and also support missions in Africa with all the profits we get from that. Oh, man, I love that so much. I love coffee, too, and tea as well. But I absolutely love coffee. What's your favorite way to make coffee? Oh, definitely the Chemex. The Chemex uses a double bonded filter that gets all the gunk out of it. And so mm -hmm. it's a very clean, beautiful cup of coffee. I love doing the manual pour over, especially when you have fresh beans and you mm. grind them fresh. The first shot of hot water on those grounds, you'll get this sort of bloom effect on the coffee grounds and it just smells good. Yeah. I actually experience the Holy Spirit a lot when I'm brewing coffee. So. <laughs> You know, I think there's just something so warm and inviting, especially in the winter. I love to have something hot and warm in my hands. There's something so comforting. So I love that you say you experience the Holy Spirit. And my favorite is the French press. And I know what you're talking about, that bloom when you first pour that mm. really hot water and it just all bubbles up and it just mm. smells so good. Ooh. Oh, it is so good. I do love the French press as well. Okay. You obviously probably know way more about coffee than I could ever imagine. But that's, yeah, it's supposed to be one of the best ways to enjoy coffee. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do that. Yes. That's my second favorite. We do espresso every morning because my wife likes lattes. And so yeah. I'll bring her a latte in bed every morning and that keeps me well loved. Okay. Honey, if you're listening, did you hear what he just said? He listens to my podcast, my husband. <laughs> I'll say, did you listen to this week's episode? Oh man, sorry. <laughs> the bus. Yeah. It's all good. He's amazing. So I really, really enjoyed your book. I thought it was so deep and so profound and so intimate. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely loved it. You obviously carry the presence of God and revelation and understanding and deep intimacy with the Lord. How mm -hmm. did you meet our beautiful Jesus? Well, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was in radio ministry, so he was on the radio and was a church organist and piano teacher. They both loved the Lord, and I always saw them in the Word, journaling, in prayer, getting away with the Lord. But it really wasn't mine until, you know, in terms of like my faith, until I rebelled in high school and uh, tried out a different way of living and was really trying to experience freedom, freedom from sort of oppressive religion and rules. And I found myself after a period of time feeling more trapped and more stuck than ever before. And I just sort of threw up my hands and I said, God, I'm terrible at being a Christian and I'm terrible at being a heathen, but if you'll meet me every day, I want to follow you, but you've got to do the hard part. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was like, yep, that's what I was waiting for. And I started experiencing <laughs> grace in a new way and forgiveness in a new way. I stopped recommitting my life to Jesus every week. And I just started <laughs> his grace and forgiveness. So I'm a grace guy through and through. I feel the Holy Spirit. When I start thinking grace thoughts, I can't do it, but you can and you mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's where I start feeling the Holy Spirit so much. But really, like the personal interactive connection with him, I lost my faith again in my 20s. I went through a philosophical quandary. And I lost my faith in my 20s. And what really brought me back was the testimony of people from other cultures who had encountered mm-hmm. God in miraculous ways. Wow. And it opened my heart to an experiential relationship with God that I'd never been open to before. Mm-hmm. And I started learning about the Father's heart and the Father's love from a guy named Jack Frost. And I started hearing God speak to me and say things like, you know, come sit in my lap, come spend time with me. Let me just wash my love over you. And it was really scandalizing me at the time and really offending me. But I started letting the Lord just love me. And we started having this interactive dialogue. And he started leading me to do different things, to go different places. And listening prayer became the bread and butter of my spiritual life because God would tell me things and I would act on them. And then my life would just become bigger and more expansive and you know, one of the things that he said for me to do was to fly to Atlanta, Georgia. And it's a long story, but I came down here to Atlanta with $10 and a change of clothes and no plans. And I ended up meeting the person I work for now at the ministry. And we moved our family down and have been here for 12 years. And every day is just a testimony to God really speaks to people because he loves them and wants a relationship with them. So he's still in the process of winning my heart, but he's doing a really good job. Isn't that the truth? I love that when you started this, I said, share something personal. You said, my name is deeply loved. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think where that really hit home for me, I had a healing experience about six years ago. I was in a tough season and sort of in between things in the ministry and not making much of an impact. And it seemed like everything that I was trying to do wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I literally tried to do like six or seven major things that year and nothing worked. Mm, that's brutal. And, and then I kind of got to the end of myself. And then I went through this healing experience through an inner healing thing called the Emmanuel Approach. Mm. And it's really just inviting Jesus into traumatic memories. And Jesus brought me to a painful memory where I felt so ashamed Mm. and I saw him more clearly than I'd ever seen him in my mind's eye. And he put his hand right through my rib cage, right through my chest, right on my heart. And he just rested his hand gently on my heart. He looked at me with these intense eyes and he said, I want you to know that whatever everyone else is saying around you, you are lovable. Because I love you and you're worthy of love because I made you. And that was just like an ongoing question in my life is like, do I deserve to be loved? Am I just a worm? Like, does Jesus really, really love me? And if so, why? And for him, he was just like, it's just because I chose to. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get to decide if I love you or not. You don't get to decide if you're lovable or not. You don't get to decide if you deserve to be loved or not. I decide that. And my verdict is you are lovable. And so it was just like took all the shame like off my shoulders. And really that word lovable mm-hmm. has become a defining word for me. When I'm doing well, that's front and center. When I'm not doing well, that's in question. And so that's mm-hmm. the big thing that I need to, need to keep reminding myself. Jesus, Jesus thinks I'm lovable. Jesus mm-hmm. loves me, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. You hit 
the nail in the head. Not too long ago, I was speaking with the Lord and you know, he was saying something very similar. We were talking about the nature of unconditional love. And he said, it's because I've chosen to, I've decided to. It's not something that you get to choose. Like it has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with what he has chosen to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I love that so much. You know, and I don't know about you, but at times when the Lord is like pressing something into my identity, he'll change my name or the Mm -hmm. way that he addresses me. And so there Mm -hmm. was a long period of time when the Lord changed my name to Deeply Loved. And he would just hammer that home over and over and over again. Every time, you know, he would speak to me, he would call me that. Lately, it's been blessed to the Father. That's what my name has been lately. Wow, (laughs) that's awesome. I love that. But yeah, I was reading in your book and you were talking about names and like the naming of the 12. And I thought, oh man, there is something so powerful and so prophetic. And I think the Western world has lost this cultural mindset of how deeply important names are and they call out our identity and what we're called to. And you were talking about that in your book. Can you share just the power of the name real quick? Yeah, I'm with you on Jesus, you know, calling me different things. Lovable is one of them. But more recently, healer of nations has been Ooh, something good. that the Lord has really called me a nation healer. I don't know all of what that means, but the name that I received is Nathan Daniel. It means a gift governed by God. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's ironic and it's funny because that's not how I felt growing mm-hmm. up. I didn't feel like a gift. I felt overlooked and I didn't feel governed by God. I felt rebellious. And so God has been working on showing me my value to him and to others, as well as the governance that God has made me for both self-governance and also like governing over others. I mean, now, you know, we oversee ministries in 32 countries. We trained 12,000 leaders last year. So there's governance on my life. But for a long time, it was just, I was alone. I was hard to lead and I wasn't leading anyone. Mm -hmm. And and so the Lord has like really spoken to me about names, which makes sense biblically because in the Bible so often, I mean, most, a great deal of where, I think I said something like 13% of the unique words in the Old and New Testament are names. And so God cares about names. A lot of mothers in the Old Testament gave children names that speak to the story of their lives and where they were at emotionally and relationally at that time in their lives. And the children either lived into their name in positive redemptive ways or Mm -hmm. they lived out of their name in destructive ways, Hmm. depending on how healthy they were. And Hmm. I've seen times that I've lived into my name really well and times that I've lived out of my name. The first words from the man to the woman are relational naming words. And to the creatures, you know, they're naming words. We have this desire to locate people relationally Mm -hmm. uh, with these names. And so Anyways, identity is really important. And one of the reasons identity is important is because identity determines what we'll do. Who you think you are determines Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff you do. Because if you think that you're worthless, that you're a worm, that you're not lovable, you'll do worthless, wormy, unlovable things. And what we're focused on 
you know, so much determines what we do in our lives. So Jesus had this amazing thing that he did with the 12, where when he met them, he would name them. And so when he met Peter, for instance, he said, hey, you're Simon. And Simon means hearing. Peter means rock or like Mm -hmm. a small rock. Um, And he didn't say much about why he called him Peter in that moment. But he just said, you're Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter. And Peter's going to discover over the course of his life why Jesus had this name for him. He did become a living stone that helps to build the church. And he talks a lot about stones and living stones in his epistle. And Jesus affirms, yeah, you're Peter, little rock. And on this rock, which is a big conglomerate of connected rocks, Mm -hmm. I'll build my church. So it's a play on words. Jesus loves that stuff. But he has this ability to see things in people like Peter before they see it in themselves. And I think he does that with us too. Like he calls out our identity before we understand what he's talking about because he sees something in us that we don't yet see in ourselves. Yes. So good. So good. You know, and if we go back to the story of Abraham and Sarah, God wanted to produce, he wanted to build a nation out of Abraham, but he had to change Abraham's name first. And so every time Sarah would call Abraham, she would go out and she'd call him home for dinner and she'd say, father of many, father of nations. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yep. Yeah. But it's so true. Every time God wants to produce something, he'll change your name. And it's so good. And, you know, God had to take Abram and put Abraham. He introduced grace into the name. And I so love that you're a grace person because I'm a grace person. Because you can't be a Jesus person without being a grace person. He is grace itself. He is the new covenant. It's all based on Jesus. And Jesus only, you know, just like the Mount of Transfiguration, the Father says, this is my beloved son, hear him only. We see Moses and Elijah, and they both disappear, but Jesus remains. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. And uh, so good. So good. I mean, honestly, like, I I know I said this already, but embracing grace is one of the best ways to feel God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think people ask me a lot about my experience connecting tangibly with the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do that very simply connects me with God when I'm feeling stuck is I rehearse grace to myself and I say out loud, I'm not going to do this. You're going to do this. Mm -hmm. God, you're going to do this. And it's going to be awesome because I don't have the power to do whatever it is that I need to do. And you've got the power and it's going to be so beautiful because you are able. Mm -hmm. And when I say that stuff to myself, I start convincing myself and then I start feeling his presence. (laughs) So good. And You know, he's attracted to that. He loves that. I love that when I asked you how you met Jesus, you said he was just waiting for you to be like, okay, I can't, but you can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He is attracted to that. I love the scripture that says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Every time we come and we say, God, I can't, but you can. Mm -hmm. Jesus, the battle is the Lord's. God, I thank you that you're going to fight this battle and you're going to win. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to worship you, Jesus. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We set everything into motion and we make space for him. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites recently has been my heart may fail, my flesh may fail, but Mm -hmm. God is the strength of my life. Mm -hmm. I think about like, man, my heart is trembling and weak and prone to sin and prone to wander. 
at times, but man, all that stuff ultimately doesn't matter if God is the strength of my life. The focus is on him. It's not on what I can do or perform uh, or put out. Like it is all about, man, you are my strength. Like that's mm -hmm. it. There's so. such freedom in that. There's such peace in that, you know? Yeah. I, I know that I've had my own experiences with the religious law keeping and all of that back when I was young and nobody, I didn't really understand how to divide the covenants when there was such a mixture of law and grace. And anytime there's a mixture like that, you lose the potency of both. I always tell people it's not balanced with depending on your own religious law keeping and then depending on the grace of God. It's not balanced. It's actually spiritual adultery. Wow. Like it's not good. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, you can't combine two covenants and exchange them and think that you're going to have the power of both. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so potently true of law and grace. I think, you know, with the law specifically, um, in a relationship with Jesus, when Jesus is really in the room, like he really is a good counselor and he really is good. The Holy Spirit's good at reminding us all things which Jesus has commanded. And like God wants to bear good fruit in our lives, but he wants to do through relationships, not through just keeping a bunch of laws or principles or ideas. Uh, and so I don't know if this is too risky to say, you know, publicly, but I felt like I got to a place in my relationship with Jesus where he looked at me and said, yeah, there's no rules. There's no rules. And it mm -hmm. sort of reminded me of what Augustine said, love God and do as you please. Like when Jesus is in the room and Jesus is the Lord of your life, you actually want to please him. Mm -hmm. You actually want to do good things with him. And it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. Uh, it just means that he's leading you and guiding you and he's delighted in what you do because you're doing it by faith. Paul says that whatever does not come from faith is sin. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if I'm going to church, but I'm not doing it in faith, that can be sin for me. Even if I'm doing quote unquote good things, but I'm not doing it by faith, that becomes sin for me. But mm -hmm. when I do things by faith, the word says, about food that, you know, everything is sanctified by thanksgiving and prayer. And so if mm -hmm. I can receive this with the Holy Spirit and receive it in a way that is by grace through faith, then I find actually the only rule is stay close to Jesus and, mm -hmm. and walk with him, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And, you know, it says that the children of God, the sons of God, are those who are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit and not led by the knowledge of good and evil. You know, we can have a situation in our lives where a religion may say, oh, you're supposed to love them no matter what. Well, what if it's a not good, a dangerous situation? And what if loving them is really walking away and allowing them to reap the fruit of what they've sown? Yeah. I had like experience two days ago mm. where I'm dealing with somebody in my life who's caused a lot of pain and harm. And I'm dealing with my emotions about this individual. Mm -hmm. and trying to walk in forgiveness. And I felt like the Lord showed me a picture of one of the spiritual strongholds in this person's life that is also a spiritual stronghold 
in my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt as though the Lord showed me a picture of a dark and demonic thing that was related to what we've been talking about, law and judgment, mm-hmm. that is really not a good thing. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord said, I actually want you to learn to hate this thing. I want mm-hmm. you to learn to be disgusted by this thing. Mm-hmm. And I want you to see it long enough until you're absolutely repulsed by it, both in your life mm-hmm. and in this other person's life. And then you'll be able to get rid of it. And you'll also be able to pray against it for him because it's not you. Mm-hmm. And it's also not him. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing is oppressing both of you. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. And I want it to be dead. And so, we, you know, I did a little bit of like emotional work and a little bit of self-deliverance and the Lord brought healing, but it also gave me authority to pray over something that I felt like I was under the thumb of this spirit, this judgmental spirit. Mm-hmm. And now I felt able to pray against it with perfect hatred towards this thing and perfect love towards the people that this thing attaches to and oppresses. Mm-hmm. That's so good. You know, it's so interesting. I think people are so afraid of that word hatred. They think sometimes they think Christianity is only nice emotions, joy, peace, love, all of that. But the truth is, is that sometimes Jesus flips tables. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes if you love people, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a stickler for preaching and teaching things in context because it can lead to deception. And there's been times where like, I never want to speak out against another preacher or teacher, but there's been times where I've been so stirred and, and so deeply upset because I feel so deeply the heart of God for his people, you know, seeing judgment or seeing hatred or seeing mixing of the law leading to deception and putting people in bondage. Right. And I think if you really learn to love like Jesus loves, you'll hate what Jesus hates. Mm. And mm. he hates bondage. He hates sickness. He hates disease. He hates what it does to people. He hates deception. He hates, you know, I think we need to really let that sit in and sink in with people. You know, I used to struggle with that that side of my personality. I have such the love, but then I carry such authority. And I had to learn to really make peace with that. And the Lord said to me, he said, I am the lion and I am the lamb, both simultaneously. I'm a lion when I need to be, and I'm a lamb when I need to be. And he's not afraid to confront. Loving and walking in truth and love doesn't mean that we don't confront. But it's always that we do it with kindness and we always do it with identity and who God has created us to be in mind. And always, always, always in this day and age, in line with the new covenant. Yeah. Yeah, the no condemnation covenant. Because, you know, he says to James and John, you don't know what spirit you're of. They want to call down fire on the cities. And maybe they thought in their mind, gosh, we saw Jesus turn over tables. So we're just doing the same thing, right? Right. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't get it. You know, he's violent against the religious spirit. He's violent against the demonic realm. Yeah, But when you read the Psalms, for instance, like God strike my enemy on the jaw, crush their heads into powder and like all these really violent words, we need to know who our enemy is. And if right. you know who our enemy is, 
then we can still use all of the Psalms to pray against our true enemy, which is the enemy. You know, the accuser Mm -hmm. is the one that we are coming against. And we don't come against our brothers and sisters believing that they're demons. They're not demons. Sometimes they've got demons. (laughs) You know, (laughs) sometimes they feel really friendly with their demons, but they're not. And I think differentiation is really important in inner healing. It's really important in deliverance. And it's really important just in being part of a community of peoples is being able to see people under the bondage that they're in and being able to say, you are acting in alignment with something very dark and wrong, but Mm -hmm. that's not you. Yeah. I think Jesus had the ability to see the man under the legion of demons and, you know, say, I see all the junk you're dealing with and and that's wrong and I hate it. And it's Mm -hmm. not you, Mm -hmm. you know? Who you are is a lovable, sane person who is going to actually spread the gospel all over this region. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be amazing. Just got to get free. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. You know, and the Bible tells us that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and things in wicked places and heavenly places. You know, I think if we learn to see people like Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd, as created beings created in his image, just like you said, I see you, but I see all the stuff you're dealing with. And I'm going to be violent with those who are being violent with you. And I'm going to love and protect and shield and guide and care for you, my beloved creation, mm-hmm. because you were never made to live like this. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. good. So good. Well, this has been really really in depth (laughs) yeah we're having fun (laughs) yeah we are (laughs) i love it healer of nations yeah (laughs) get ready to take your faith to the next level as you sit at jesus's feet your faith will grow as you hear his word commune with him in prayer and feast upon his faithfulness in this beautiful journal you can record your time with god It includes 52 weekday entries, which can be used as a week or a day, depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today. Links in the show notes, or you can find a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPereira.org slash store. Yeah, yeah, well, the thing about the identity piece is like, I have had so many like unfoldings in my life where if I walk in one part of my identity, the Lord will unfold a new aspect. And it might take me 20 years to grow into that, but he shows me like, here's what I call you. Here's what you're stepping into. And then years later, I might be like, wow, you know, that thing you said over me 20 years ago, it's like, I'm living like that now. It's like, people are seeing that in me. And, uh, you know, I don't totally understand the nation healer thing, but I'm getting glimpses where God's giving me authority with people who are leading on national levels. And I'm having the ability to speak into lives and to promote healing systems. 
But one of the things that I've learned is just to hold it loosely and just to keep walking in daily obedience and not to try to make anything happen, but just to keep that in my the forefront of my mind and imagination. I know this is where I'm going. I have a picture of what it's going to be like in 20 years. And so I'm making decisions now that prepare me for walking in that identity then. Mm. You said something in your book. You said small acts of obedience. Mm. And, you know, it's so interesting. So what you're doing now, taking those small acts of obedience, and like you just said, it's unfolding, you know, and where you'll be 20 years from now. Can you talk about how, like, our listeners can take those small acts of obedience to where the Lord is leading them into? Yeah, I mean, I think that, First of all, obedience is is a great idea. Like when you have the architect of the universe and your life, the person who saw you before you were formed in your mother's womb, who knows exactly what kind of fuel you're designed to run on, who knows the right operation of your life. Dallas Willard says that holiness refers to right operation. Like this is actually you running in optimal mode and you're walking in holiness. Like when you got that guy living inside of you, and he gives life and he's always um, helpful and attuning and good. It's really good to be obedient to him because probably he only wants good things for you. And probably even if he disciplines you, it's because he loves you. And probably if you obey him, that will lead to joy and not just endless drudgery and misery. And I've experienced that to be true. I mean, I think there's nothing easier to do than living the Christian life. The Christian life is the easiest way to run because it's how we're made to run. Like it's how we're optimally designed to run. And so obedience is a brilliant idea because he made us and he loves us and he knows how we are supposed to operate. So I start the mornings with, hey, Jesus, it's a good day to be obedient to you. Even if I don't totally mean that in the moment, I say it anyways, Jesus, it's a good day to obey you. And then I look for very small ways that the Holy Spirit is present. Um, I've been feeling him throughout this conversation. And Mm -hmm. the way I can practice small obedience right now is to remain relationally open and curious to the Holy Spirit and continually ask in the back of my mind, Holy Spirit, where do you want this conversation to move next? What do you Mm -hmm. want to do next? You know, a few minutes ago, the Lord said to me, hey, I really want you to share that story about the dealing with the demonic realm. Like, okay, let's go there. And it's learning that Jesus is not just in a church service. Jesus is not just in a quiet time. Jesus is in every moment of Mm -hmm. your day. He knows the road signs you're going to pass. He knows the people who are going to call you. He knows the food you're going to eat for lunch. And he knows how to weave it all together in harmony to remind you that your life is being led. And if we cooperate with that movement and we pay attention, I think that's the biggest skills, learning to pay attention to how Jesus is present everywhere and in everything, then we find that our life is really beautiful. And it's a beautiful story of being led and walking with him. And so for me, really just keeping my relational circuits turned on towards the Lord and being curious about what he wants to do in any given situation. I always ask the Lord when I walk into a one-on-one meeting, what's one thing you want to do today with this person? Mm -hmm. And 
he almost always gives me a specific word that guides the time that I have with that person. And so the Lord is conversational and he loves to work with us. And when we say yes to little things, like, what do you want me to buy at the grocery store? What book do you want me to read? You know, what did you like about that movie I just watched? Just the little conversational things that we do with him. He finds, and we're obedient to him. He brings us into greater and greater realms of obedience, greater and greater realms of revelation and understanding who we are. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. He's so intimately connected. And I always tell people that you can have such amazing time with him in your quiet time, but you can also have amazing time with him while you're unloading your dishwasher. (laughs) Yes. He's everywhere and he's always paying attention. And, you know, he's always willing to let you know that, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm listening. Hey, you know, I'm with you. It's so funny. My family, they know I'm a little Jesus obsessed, right? And yeah, I mind it. <laughs> <laughs> this is an understatement, y'all. <laughs> yeah, my daughter actually got me a Jesus bobblehead because she knows I love Jesus so much. And uh, so I put him on the dashboard of my car and he bobbles around every time we go somewhere. We just laugh and talk to Jesus. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that. Yeah. So the Lord has really just been pressing on my heart that he's caring for me and caring for my family. And I kid you not, this is so funny. This is about around Christmas, so a few months ago. And we were sitting there reading the night before Christmas. In fact, I think it was Christmas Eve. And I love old music. I have a record player. I have like old 45s and 33s. And I had, I think it was an Andy Williams album. And I think it was playing Carol of the Bells. And I kid you not, the record player started skipping on this one phrase. It was like, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And I kid you (laughs) not, it must have done it at least eight times. My whole family sitting there just looking at each other, smiling on the couch, right? We're like, okay, Jesus, we know you're here. (laughs) (laughs) And then just a couple weeks before that, we went out to like one of my favorite restaurants. We went to the seafood buffet. Captain George's. Oh my gosh, they have the all-you-can-eat crab legs and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we sit down, and I kid you not, our waiter comes up and says, "Hi, my name is Jesus, and I'm going to be taking care of you guys." <laughs> <laughs> my whole family just looked at each other. We just started laughing. He was like, "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> so I was like, "You have to understand who we are." <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. But he really is here with us and he really is intentional about caring for us and letting us know. And, you know, we yeah. can connect with those moments every single day. He loves yeah, I mean, us you, so much. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, unloading the dishwasher. I think for me, the big inspiration in practicing God's presence was Brother Lawrence practicing the presence of God. And Brother Lawrence was a monk in the 16th, 17th centuries. And He just washed the dishes. I mean, he was in the kitchen every day feeling God. And he said, I made it my ambition to think of God the oftenest I could. And he didn't find any real difference between, you know, his experience of God's presence washing dishes and his experience of God's presence at church. In fact, sometimes I'd say I feel God more when I'm washing dishes than when I'm at church. And so like that's that moment by moment awareness of his presence and cooperation with his spirit. 
that mm-hmm. I really want to cultivate in my life and I want to help other people cultivate too. So good. So good. And you know, I love that you said that it makes the Christian life so exciting and it, it truly does because you never know what you're going to get. You're going to get some really amazing revelation. You know, one of my events that our ministry does called the King's Table actually came out of a conversation that I had with the Holy Spirit while unloading the dishwasher. Mm. And he's just brilliant. Mm. He's so brilliant. Mm. And it's like, oh, Lord, just every moment. And we get to live in that. How amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I have a question for you. Because I think the question on people's minds, like you and I are Jesus nuts. And obviously this has been a journey that we didn't, you know, we've had times in our life when it was hard to hear God speak and it was hard to feel his presence moment by moment. I'm curious what you would say to somebody that's like, I get it. I want that. But it just feels really hard. And it feels like maybe you have a special gift or anointing. Like, how do you get somebody started practicing God's presence and engaging him in that moment by moment reality? You know what I would say? I would say, first of all, one of the keys I would say is, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I grew up Baptist and I had a very prophetic relationship with God, but I didn't experience the power of his presence until I prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And for me, he just showed up. And it was a very simple story. You know, my friend, I was going through a very, very hard time in my life. I was very, very sick. I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it. And I had a charismatic friend who began to tell me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And growing up Baptist, I had never heard about this. Hmm. Um, And I said, God, I'm so desperate. If this is you, I want it hands down. Like, I have to have it. I just have to have it. And uh, we prayed outside of an ice cream shop and nothing really strange happened, but she was so full of faith. She looked at me and she goes, now speak in tongues. And I said, yo, she could have my muscle. (laughs) (laughs) And I have just, this just came out. Yeah. It just came out, man. And that's uh, so awesome. And literally, I kid you not. I went to sleep. Everything was normal. I woke up the next day. And I kid you not, the presence of God was in my room, so tangible. And I just wept. I just wept. Wow. And just even thinking about that, I think we have to understand and we have to replace that belief in our mind that he doesn't want to be with us because he so does. Mm-hmm. He so does. Yeah. And anytime I struggle, anytime I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Where are you? What's happening? You know. I just come back to what I know to be true and that he loves me and he wants to be with me. And that's absolutely it. And it just opens up that realm, you know, and it tunes our senses. And it's just like you said, I've spent more than a decade since that experience tuning my senses, tuning my mind, tuning my heart, tuning all of me to that eternal presence Mm. and as we begin it's just like a well-worn path yeah it gets easier to draw down every time we take a step down it 
Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is like, for you, is like you had hunger and then you had this powerful experience with God. And then that was followed by this progressive growth. Like you kept walking it out and walking it out. And my experience is a little bit different. You know, I was also in like Baptist type churches and actually I was intellectual and I was very sort of against any sort of second baptism kind of experience. The person who opened me up to the idea of a second experience of a baptism of the Holy Spirit was John Piper, if you can believe that. I was going to John's church and John did a sermon on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I could not believe that he was actually optimistic about the idea of people having this experience. And so that kind of opened me intellectually. And I started, when I sort of lost my faith and came back, I started asking the Lord for more experiences in his presence. And years later, my experience is really different than yours. Yours is incredible, but I didn't have like a single in moment experience, like a rebirth kind of like powerful speaking in tongues experience initially. Initially, what it was is I had an inner healing experience in which this shame obstacle was removed. And then I started feeling God's presence before I started speaking in tongues. And I think it's important for people to know that God, all kinds of awesome ways, in ways that he knows works for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's the same guy. He's the same God. So for me, it was like this slow thaw where I started feeling God's presence every day, like anytime I wanted to. And then about six months later, I went to this large black church in Memphis to this revival and I was fasting and I was praying and I just wanted more of him. And I went up front and the guy, you know, went down the line and was calling down fire on people. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But (laughs) I don't even know that he even touched me. He just prayed this gentle, quiet prayer. You just thank you, God, you know, bless me, help on the feel your presence right now to receive you. And I just hit the floor and it was like light shooting through my hands and my toes. I love it. I was just seeing Jesus and getting revelation. That's where he called me healer of nations. And I started before that, actually, I was listening to a YouTube video of John Wimber teaching Mm -hmm. on the of tongues. And I spontaneously broke out in tongues in the car going camping with my kids. And they're like, what is going on with dad? And I had my hand (laughs) over my mouth. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening? There's tingling in my jaw. And it was like listening to a YouTube video. So it's like God does all kinds of things yes, um, in all kinds of ways. But I think the important thing is that the goal is when he's alive in us, we're new people and Mm -hmm. we're on a journey of growth towards him. We recognize that in each other, that man, you got Jesus living inside of you and he is really doing stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so interesting. We're talking about your book, Spirit-Led Discipleship, and he led each one of the disciples differently based on their personalities, based on their giftings. And he still does that today. Mm. You know, I often find he's very tender with me and he's very tender with other people, but he will say things in certain ways to other people that I know he wouldn't say that way to me. You know what I mean? I notice that. Yeah, But he's so unique and he knows us so intimately better than we know ourselves. Hmm. And that's exactly it. My experience is my experience and your experience is your experience. And everybody out there 
is created to have an experience with God and to know him, whether, you know, it's more intellectual or more emotional or more this, that, or the other, but he's such a full God. He's the lion and the lamb. He's velvet and steel. He's authority and tenderness. He's all of it. Yeah. And he is that way all over the world. I mean, I get a chance because of my work to work with leaders in all these different countries. And sometimes I do inner healing experiences or practicing God's presence, activations with people. And I'll ask them to tell me what they see. Like, what does Jesus look like? What does he sound like? What's the expression on his face? Like, mm-hmm. how is he dressed? Like, how is he walking? How is he carrying himself? And like, Jesus is the same in every culture. He has his own unique ways that he manifests. Everyone in India that I've done this with sees Jesus robed in light, wearing pure white robes. But his mm-hmm. personality is friendly. It's mm-hmm. casual. It's powerful. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, people in Africa, people in Latin America, like people all see, you know, there's one person that we're worshiping. There's one person that is in charge of our lives. Jesus is himself. Even if he manifests slightly differently, you recognize you worship my Jesus. You know that Mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely does. And I love that you said he's funny. He is so funny. He's hilarious. (laughs) He loves plays on words. Yeah. He like terrible jokes. <laughs> uh, wonderful, terrible joke. He's so much funnier than me. And yeah, he's, just, he's got a way about him. I love that so much. Well, this has been so much fun. And you're right. We did go a little bit long. I've lost my timer, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good. Well, don't, don't mind it. <laughs> No, we'll have all of eternity to have these conversations. And I know nobody will be looking at the clock. I'm so excited about that. Oh my gosh. So excited about that. I have got some really fun questions and I want to hear some stories from Peter and Paul. I really do. Mm-hmm. I've got some yeah. things I want to hear. So, yeah. Oh, me. yeah. Is there anything burning on your heart that you'd like to say directly to our listeners today? Well, I think that there's probably, it's pretty likely there's some people that are hungry. Possibly even at this point, a little bit, you know, triggered or confused <laughs> or just feeling the pain of disconnection mm-hmm. in their lives. And I want to say that I do understand. I spent so many years not knowing if the presence of God was for me, mm-hmm. uh, if that was maybe for other people. Yeah, And I just want to say, you know, like Jesus sees you. And I feel like in the spirit, I can see you too. And his tenderness and his love for you is absolutely unmatched and absolutely unrivaled. One of my favorite songs says, there has never been a day that you are uncertain of the ones you choose. And, you know, like Jesus picked you out of a line. He made you, he formed you in your mother's womb. You're incredibly valuable to him. Specifically earlier, I was praying and I saw like somebody's listening to this in their car. The name Terrell uh, came to mind. And, you know, if that's somebody out there, I just want you to know that you are deeply, deeply loved and that you are cared for by the father, that he sees you, he knows you and that you're lovable as well. So 
Yeah. So good. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Well, will you pray for our listeners today that they will have their own experience with this spirit-led discipler? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I've been finding it fruitful even before I pray to do a little bit of relational alignment with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so the way I picture this is sort of if you imagine like a pipe being sort of bent at different points in your brain, like imagine a pipe in your brain or in your body being misaligned and imagine that pipe just gently coming into alignment where it's straight and you can see clear through from the top to the bottom and then light just coming in from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, right into the top of your brain and going all the way down into your body, into your heart, into your mind, and simply saying something like, I choose to align my heart, my will, and my emotions to allow Jesus to flow in through me. Mm -hmm. I choose to receive his love. Mm -hmm. And Heavenly Father, we do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that the revelation of your love has already been released. And I ask that my friend listening to this today would experience you in a new way, mm -hmm. that that revelation of Father's love would break like that vial of anointing oil over mm -hmm. their feet, that it would break open into their mind, and that the aroma of that revelation of who you are and who they are to you would permeate and pervade every part of their thoughts, their mind, and their hearts. Right now, in Jesus' name, for those who are hungry for the baptism of the Spirit, who have mm -hmm. not experienced you in that tangible, powerful, living way, right mm -hmm. now, I put my hand right on their heart and I say, come Holy Spirit mm -hmm. now in Jesus' name. We Amen. welcome you. We welcome the, the baptism of fire. I thank you, Lord, that you came to baptize with fire mm -hmm. and that you, Holy Spirit, are still in the business of lighting people up today. So mm -hmm. we say, come, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your gifts, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your presence. I just want to say that at this point in the conversation, some of you may be feeling warmth in your body. You may be feeling lightness or peace. You may be feeling electricity. You may be feeling nothing at all, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit is doing something good. Mm -hmm. And so we just bless that. We say more, Lord. We say more. And whatever you're experiencing, just go with it. Just go with it. If you feel, you know, like a tingling sensation in your tongue or your jaw, you open your mouth and speak in your heavenly language. And just know that those words are praising the Lord. And Lord, I just bless what you're doing. Right now, I believe he's healing bodies. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we release together, Christina and I, two yes, are gathered in agreement. Yes. In Jesus' name, we release the healing of bodies. Yes, we say, fine, straighten up now in Jesus' name. Like a heart arrhythmia, we command you to come into full 
alignment beat in perfect rhythm and syncopation now in Jesus' name. I see like bipolar coming into integration and alignment. In Jesus' name, we command the brain to produce proper levels of chemicals. We command emerging and integration of disparate um, bipolar, manic, and depressive episodes. We also command schizophrenic breaks and divisions to come back together into union and unity, a healing over DID, over dissociative identity disorder, in Jesus' name, a healing of altars and parts. We ask, Lord, that you would bring us up, like a sense of like every molecule in your body, like gathering together, consolidating and going upward, like towards him, towards Jesus, towards the spirit, his presence. We speak a blessing over this person's body, over their mind, over their heart. We thank you, Lord, that you are growing their spirit, and we invite their spirit forward to shepherd and to connect this person on every level with the tangible, living, interactive presence of Jesus in them, around them, and through them. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for praying. You know, because I'm a minister at heart, I want every single one of these episodes to be encounters with Jesus. Thank Mm. you. Thank you. Absolutely. And I also felt like it was important to say, like, if you experienced something good in your mind, heart, or body today while we're praying that, like, go touch somebody else. Mm. You know, even if you just touch them, that's enough. Even better if they let you just pray over them and say, hey, can I just release something really cool that I just felt and just let Jesus get that to splash on them. So I love that so much. Yes. Pass it along. Everything is by grace, through faith, freely we've received, freely we give. That's right. Mm. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today, Nathan. This has been so fun. Thank you, Christina. God bless you. Thank you. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira or wherever you get your podcast. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Nathan Harkness. And don't forget to pick up a copy of his new book, Spirit-Led Discipleship. Until next week. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.